You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Homes.com knows having the right agent can make or break your home search. That's why they provide home shoppers with an agent directory that gives you a detailed look at each agent's experience, like the number of closed sales in a specific neighborhood, average price range, and more. It lets you easily connect with all the agents in the area you're searching so you can find the right agent with the right experience and ultimately the right home for you. Homes.com. We've done your homework. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. The Large Nerdron Collider podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Large Nerdron Collider, the podcast that's all about the geeky things happening in the world around us and how very excited we are about them, especially this holiday season. I'm Ariel Kasten, and with me, as always, is Jingle Jangle Jonathan Strickland. Yep, that's right. Got my spurs on. I'm ready to ride out into the sunset. It's a, oh wait, you mean the other kind of jingle jangle? Shoot, yeah. I got the wrong hat on. Listen, uh, you can, uh, you can, you can wear both. You can put a Santa hat on top of your cowboy hat. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tell you, you're going to get coal and hot lead in your stocking. Uh, how you doing, Ariel? I'm doing well. I am enjoying the slightly cooler weather in Georgia for. Th- the beginning of December. Yeah, I mean the the weather's changing. Ammonia fumes are in the air. It's you're gonna a special have to time. Ex- you're going to have to explain that one to our listeners, Jonathan. Oh, okay, uh, before we get to Ariel's question, which is coming, don't worry. Uh, in my near where I live in Atlanta, Georgia, there was a facility that used to uh, be a, like a distribution center for frozen foods. And they have this huge refrigeration system, obviously, to be able to do that. And they were using uh, ammonia as a refrigerant and which is, you know, sometimes used in industrial refrigerants. Well, they've moved out of the facility 
And a crew came in to try and start converting the facility over so that some other tenant can take over the space. And in the process, they accidentally cracked a valve on an enormous vat of ammonia, which is an incredibly toxic and caustic chemical. And they spilled 20,000 pounds of it. And then the city of Atlanta issued a shelter in place order for everyone in my part of town. Twice, right? Earlier in the no, day, no, just and then later the, in the day. They, they, no. The shelter in place was only. It was shortly after the the accident was reported. Uh, I didn't find out about it until it was an hour after the accident had happened. But mm-hmm. I was inside, and fortunately didn't have the HVAC system running because that would have been pulling air potentially out from the outside in. Uh, and I didn't have any windows open or anything like that, so it was okay. I had already taken Tybalt the Wonder Pup for a a walk earlier. So we were fine. My wife was down over at her job, which is in a totally different part of Atlanta. She was fine. And then like maybe 15 minutes after I found out about it, the shelter in place order was lifted. So the uh, hats off my cowboy hat and my Santa hat off to the fire department for, for controlling that spill so quickly. But, you know, if we sound like zombies the next time we record a podcast, that's because the apocalypse has started from the ammonia leak. Also, I want to apologize. I just realized that my reindeer antler that I have forgotten to take off all day have jingle bells on them. Can you hear them, Jonathan? Not yet, but I'm sure I will once I get you laughing. All right. All right. There we go. So if you hear jingle bells, that's what it is. Yeah, no, I can't hear it a little bit. So, But that's okay, because we're probably going to hear Tybalt barking, too. So it'll just be a festive... Uh, fest, a festive uh, episode all the way around. But before I mean, we get I can into take, any I'll take rest, them off. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> and, okay, that, there's a, it's a whole production. Okay. All right. Well, okay, now, after all of the hullabaloo, <laughs> I got a question for you. Hey, Ariel. Yes. What's your party trick? Uh, blowing air bubbles out my eye. Out my tear duct. Wow. Wow. That's hardcore. I mean, it is. It really happened. I had a cold and I was underwater at the pool back when I was a kid or a stuffy nose. It probably wasn't a full on cold. I wouldn't have been at the pool if I had a cold. I've been home in bed. But, uh, and I kind of sneezed underwater and air, air bubbles came out my eye. And that's just a thing that I can do now. Uh, so in theory, I guess I could s- like slurp milk up my nose and squirt it out my eye, but I've been too much of a chicken to tr- try that. Uh, yeah. What about you, it's Jonathan? Good, it's good, to ha- good to have goals. Uh, I was just going to say juggling. So uh, I'm boring. Yeah, I, I'm a I'm a juggler. have been juggling since I was probably, I don't know, 10 or 11. Uh, my parents got me a book, Juggling for the Complete Klutz. And I taught myself how to juggle and uh, I'm decent. I'm not I'm not brilliant. Um, I could do I can do three object manipulations pretty well Four, I'm OK at. I never got the hang of five. I just didn't stick with it, but I can still do lots of uh, three ball juggling tricks. So if you ever see me and there's some beanbags nearby or something, I'll show you a thing or two. Just always carry three beanbags on you people. Always carry yep, three bags. You never know when you're going to encounter me. And, you know, if I if I drop one, you get a wish. OK, so let's talk about <laughs> some news. And our first item is that there is yet another uh, new Matrix 
trailer. What's the title of this movie again? It's not just Matrix. Matrix Resurrected? Is that what Matrix it is? Matrix 4? <laughs> I mean, uh, so uh, I watched yeah, the Matrix trailer. Matrix Resurrections. <laughs> Resurrections, okay. I watched the trailer. Uh, it is interesting in that it's tying stuff back to the, mostly the original movie, the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, the best one. The best one. Uh, yeah, because I, I, I'm sure I've said this on previous episodes. I've only seen the first two Matrix movies because the second one disappointed me so much that I never bothered to watch the third one. I've only ever seen the first one more than... Well, no, I've seen the second one twice because I saw it once in the theater thinking out there was no way I was going to hate it. And then uh, I was scheduled to see it with my wife at the Chinese theater in Los Angeles. And because mm. uh, I told her, I'm like, ah, it's going to be fine. I'm going to love it. I'll, I'm sure I'm going to want to see it again. And then I went to see it. And I was like, uh oh, <laughs> then I had to go watch it a second time. Um, yeah. But yeah, this trailer actually looks. It, honestly, it just makes me have a lot of questions. Like it, how the heck does it connect to the original trilogy? Yeah, how does it connect to the original trilogy without being just a complete redo? Um, I, it, The Matrix Resurrections has had a few trailers, and the first one was kind of fun because it had, you know, the, the, the White Rabbit song. Um, but this one actually kind of got me because I mainly I want to see how they, one, I want to see whether they're taking old clips from the first movie and integrating them into this new movie since they are tying so much together, or if they're using CGI to make the actors look younger, because from the trailer, the younger actors look really, really good. But like, I'm pretty sure that's just from the old films. Because Hugo Weaving, I don't think, is credited at all in the new movie, and yet he shows up in the trailer. Um, so, yeah, I think that th- that's just them taking, literally just taking clips from the original film. Uh See, part of this is that because I never saw the third movie, I've got questions about what the heck was accomplished because I I feel like between Matrix 1 and Matrix 2, the purpose of the heroes changed because my, at least my impression in the first film was that they wanted to get Neo on their team because the ultimate goal was to overthrow the robot overlords. Like that was the ultimate goal and free humanity. And then through the second movie, it felt like, no, it's more like we just want to keep this small community of humans who are not currently connected to the matrix to remain free, but we're not necessarily trying to free everybody. And that really lost me. And I never saw the third one. So when the fourth one starts showing things where the robots are still sucking down humans and everything, I'm like, what was the point of the first three? (laughs) So the, the, the first, the third movie ends and, and I'm taking this off Wikipedia because it's been a while since I've watched it where the matrix is rebooted and the architect meets the Oracle in the park and they come to like a tenuous piece as long as it can last and that any humans who want to leave the off, uh, the matrix will be able to, um, and that's where they kind of leave it. Uh, so I guess it, it kind of, it sounds like they're back at war with the machines I guess the third one left it where peace will last as long as it can. So maybe it has finally ended. Um, I'm kind of glad I didn't watch the third movie. I, I, you know what? I, the fourth movie looks, the, the trailer looks slick. I am not yes. going to see this movie. I, I feel pretty confident saying that. I will watch it because it, it doesn't have the same like 
pretty for pretty sake stuff that the second and third movies had. So um, it makes me more interest. It makes me feel like it's more for the story and less for the special effects. And uh, I'm for that, I think if I felt more confident about the story being worth telling, I would feel more strongly about this. I mean, I, and I could totally be wrong. I could be completely off base, but uh, yeah, it, the matrix, I think it lost me after the first film, unfortunately, and they're not quite able to get me back, mm-hmm. but someone who is going to be potentially back in a role that we loved him in is Charlie Cox uh, with the MCU. Now, Charlie Cox played Daredevil in the Netflix Daredevil series, as well as the Defenders Mm -hmm. series. And there have been fans calling for Charlie Cox's Daredevil to show up in the MCU ever since that, that first season of Daredevil aired. There's been a groundswell of support among fans to have him in there. Much like The Matrix, the first season of Daredevil was the best season. Um, But yeah, people were even saying that he was going to show up in the new Spider-Man movie, which, you know, hasn't come out yet. So we don't know for certain. Yeah, there's been a lot of rumor that he would show up in that and that uh, Kingpin uh, Wilson Fisk will show up in the Hawkeye series that's currently streaming Mm -hmm. on Disney+. Plus. which I still haven't started watching yet. I need to. I did. And you and I know somebody in the first episode. And then the second episode, there's LARPing. And so I was screaming at my television screen. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I know someone who's in the LARPing scene because she keeps sharing yep. it on Instagram. Um, <laughs> but I was pretty sure I would know at least someone in that sequence because I knew mm-hmm. they shot it you know, here. But uh, Kevin Feige has said that, if and when Daredevil appears in the MCU, it'll be Charlie Cox. Now, the way he said it was very noncommittal in the sense that mm-hmm. it could be entirely possible that there are no plans to bring Daredevil to the MCU, right? To the cinematic yeah. universe. That is still a possibility. If they bring in Daredevil, they said they want it to be Charlie Cox, but there's no there's no commitment to Daredevil actually being in a future product. But boy, are all the media channels saying Charlie Cox is going to be back. No, it's just they're saying they aren't going to recast him if they bring that character back. Now, the reason why they think Kingpin's going to show up in the Hawkeye series is because they've introduced a character named Echo, who we also know is getting their own show on Disney+. And she is the adopted daughter of the Kingpin. So it would be difficult not to bring him back, at least in mention. And I can only imagine if they aren't recasting Charlie Cox, they won't recast D'Onofro as I either. Well, they could always just change the Echo's origin story and past and, and relationships because that's what they did with Taskmaster. I mean, Taskmaster mm-hmm. in Black Widow is not the same character as Taskmaster from the Marvel comics. So that is true. They, they do pick and choose a lot of stuff, but yeah, I I'm hopeful that he will show up. I, I still hope that he shows up as, Peter's lawyer in uh, wow. No Way Home. I think that I'd would be, be a lot of fun. I, I think that would be a lot of fun. Something else that I think is going to be a lot of fun is the sequel that we're getting to Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. Because um, that that movie is still on the top of my list of movies that I love from Marvel. I still haven't seen it. Oh, Jonathan, you're, you're I plan on it. watching it soon. It's just, it's been busy. Okay. Uh, but yes, we know that uh, Dustin Daniel Cretton, who's the the director of the original, uh, the first Shang-Chi movie, is, has been signed to an exclusive deal with Disney. 
and will be producing not just not just writing and directing the next Shang-Chi movie, but also will be producing some uh, some series for Disney Plus and Hulu. And Hulu, yeah, with Onyx Collective, which uh, helps to tell stories for uh, demographics that are often overlooked by Hollywood. And that that's kind yes. of his goal, and I think that's super awesome. Uh, we do know that he's working on American-born Chinese for Disney+, Plus, which is a graphic novel, but I don't think it's a Marvel novel. No, this was uh, the Marvel stuff we still don't know anything about, but this will be uh, a live-action action comedy. I think live-action. It's definitely going to be an action comedy series uh, that is uh, that is going to be under the Disney brand. If it's anything like Shang-Chi, I know I'm going to super duper love it. Uh, Something else I know that I am going to super duper love is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah, we got to watch a trailer for that. And uh, y'all, that so Into the Spider-Verse was so good. And Across the Spider-Verse already looks like it's going to win me over big time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I... And it's part one. That made me more excited because I didn't know it was a part one when I pushed play. And when I watched the trailer and then it says part one at the very end, I was like, oh, yay, we're going to get two of them at least. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I really hope that this one. So the first Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, it got a little bit of press before it came out, but it kind of flew under the radar to me. Um you know, it got a couple trailers, but it wasn't making huge headlines on every media station. Um, and this, again, this trailer kind of flew under the radar as well. And I, I hope it gets a lot more steam because, yeah, those those movies were fantastic. Other than the fact that the art style made it feel like I should have been wearing 3D glasses part of the time. Um, just fantastic See, I, storytelling. I love the crazy art style of that first film. And the second one looks like it's going to be bringing a lot more of that back into it. To me, it was just so mm-hmm. innovative. Like there was a lot of innovation going on and the, the characters were spot on very heartfelt. And also like there was just the right amount of humor in there and a lot of drama in there as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to see this. I, Personally, with since it looks like this is a story in which Miles Morales is going to go into the dimensional portals that connect the various spider verses together, I would love to see, to me, this would be the brilliant way to introduce live action Miles Morales in a segment and just yeah. have it be a segment in this movie. And that's how we get our live action Miles Morales in the MCU. Uh-huh. I was thinking the same thing. I was wondering, and this is probably not how it's going to work, but the this new this new in uh, across the Spider Verse, Miles is a little bit older. It looks like he's in college now, um, and uh, I was wondering if they would just port the voice actor Shamik Moore over to play him. But Shamik Moore is twenty six, um, so I you know they definitely Hollywood definitely does cast people older to play younger, but I don't know if that will be one of them. Yeah. Well, we've got a big conversation coming up about movie trailers since we were just talking about a couple of them in this segment. Uh, But we're going to do that after we take this quick break. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. 
When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S., That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. All right, so we're back. And, you know, we talked about uh, Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse and and those, those movies kind of flying under the radar, only having a couple trailers. But that's not the trend for a lot of M- a lot of movies and specifically a lot of MCU movies. We mm. have been getting like if it almost feels like daily trailers for a lot of Disney movies lately. Yeah, uh trailer overload. Uh that's kind of what we wanted to talk about was this this trend of releasing too many trailers for a property like I get the feeling that if you aren't hooked after the first full trailer, 
Like if the teaser didn't get you and the first full trailer didn't get you, that's it. You don't stop trying to sell to that person because they're not buying, right? You're not convincing them. You're not going to win them over. Um, it's, I think about movies where the trailer spoiled something important in the movie and it's a terrible trend that was going on for a long time. Like the one that always leaps to my mind is star Wars Phantom Menace where they give away the fact that Darth Maul has a double bladed lightsaber, something that had never been seen in a star Wars movie. And they gave it away in the trailer. And it's one of the coolest moments in a movie that otherwise is desperate for cool moments. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And they gave it away in the trailer. And, um, yeah, I think, cause like, imagine, imagine if you will, if in Avengers, uh, end game, if the trailer for it showed Captain America picking up Mjolnir mm-hmm. and wielding it like that would have been like, don't no, you don't waste that. That was one of those moments in the theater where the entire audience comes alive and is like shouting and celebrating because it's such an awesome payoff to the character. Um, that's one of the dangers you fall into. But the other one is just that, you know, you start to get burnt out. Like, Ariel, I lost count of how many Eternals trailers there were. Yeah, me too. So there's a couple of problems. Uh, One is that right now it's harder to get people into the movie theaters, which was already a problem pre-pandemic a little bit, but it's more so now. So they're really trying to grab people in in as many possible ways as they could um, to give somebody something that says, oh, I want to see that on the big screen, like Darth Maul's two-bladed lightsaber, right? Yeah. Hoping that that will give people enough interest to come into the movie, even if it's a spoiler. Um, And two, because there are so many characters that nobody knows, they're trying to introduce them. And I just, like you said, if if it doesn't grab you in the first couple, it's unlikely to. I'm sure there are some people who are grabbed by the subsequent subsequent ones. But for me, I just got kind of burnt out on the movie before I even saw it. Because now I've just seen so many clips that mean little to nothing to me that it starts building in my mind that this whole movie is going to mean little to nothing to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree 100% with what you're saying. I think it's better to err on the side of caution. Now I will also say something else that ties into this conversation is that we sometimes get trailers for movies where the trailer is a bad representation of what the movie is. Like where Suicide, you watch Squad? The, Suicide Squad jumps to mind yeah, but then you had you had suicide the first Suicide Squad movie. Mm-hmm. That one, of course, famously the studio took it away from the the director and handed it over to the trailer studio to recut it, to recut the film, and so you ended up with a movie that made about as much sense as your average trailer. Um, you know what I? There's another discussion we should have at some point. Did you ever watch the fan made? quote unquote trailer. It wasn't really a trailer because there was no movie, but it was called Grayson. And it was a story of grown up Dick Grayson, former Robin, mm-hmm. who, uh, you know, the in the in the trailer, it's revealed that Batman is dead. And it's this long sequence where the trailer plays out where there there are implications of Superman being a kind of a bad guy and the Joker and the Penguin and Catwoman, like all these different iconic characters show up in it. 
And the trailer is one of those things where you watch it and you're like, oh man, that looks so awesome. I wish they would really make this. But then you think about it and you're like, there's no way to make a movie that includes all those sequences and still have it make sense and not make it last six hours long. Like, in, Yeah, you'd have to Snyder cut it or you'd have to do like what Dune does did and make it multi-part. Um, I, I did see it. It has been um, a little bit of time, I think. Oh, yeah, no, that, that's ago, one of those... Right? Yeah, no, that was one of those, like, projects that went viral early in the era of YouTube. Like, that is, it's been around for ages. And it was really more or less a a kind of a, almost like a reel for the people who worked on it to kind of show what they could do. It was was never intended to be like, yeah, we're going to make a full-length feature. Yeah. Um, And this was also pre-DC, like, like the current DC movies. Yeah. It was, it was more like a pitch. I mean, there was also a trailer like that for mortal Kombat with where Jerry Ryan was one of the characters. It wasn't yeah. a trailer. I guess it was like a mini series. Um, yeah. Where they give you a little bit of story and then leave you wanting more as opposed to something like eternal suicide squad where they're like, okay, we've got too much story to tell. So we're just going to give you 50 trailers <laughs> to explain half the movie before you come in. Yeah, that doesn't give you a lot of confidence about the film, right? Like you might yeah. feel like this film has got too much to explain. And by the time it's done explaining things, there's not enough time to actually tell a story with that. Like, yeah, that's the concern you have with any film that has a big cast of characters like Eternals, where you don't have the luxury of having uh, uh, introduced them in their own individual films. You have to do it all at once. And these are characters that all but the most dedicated of Marvel fans have no knowledge of. So yeah. <laughs> you've got a big hurdle there. Um, yeah, I don't think I do not like Disney's marketing strategy when it comes to those sort of things. Uh, you know, Eternals was a particularly egregious example, but we've even like I saw it for Hawkeye, too, where mm-hmm. Hawkeye was getting these short, like 30 second spots and they they typically fall into the category of Disney picks like the marketing department picks a word that the trailer is supposed to be representative of like resilience or, you Mm -hmm. know, heroism or whatever. And, uh, and I'm like, how about restraint? (laughs) Can we, can we show some of that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and I thought of this topic the other day because I was, I was asking, my husband, if he had seen the new Matrix trailer, and he goes, which one? I've seen like 20. And I'm like, yeah, you're you're right. Like, So it's not just Disney. It's not just Marvel. Um, a lot of people are taking this. But I do think there is a way that you can release a lot of um, content in an effort to get people excited and not ruin the story. I think Free Guy is a great example of that because they released um, a bunch of trailers that were within the world of the movie but had nothing to do with the actual plot of the movie necessarily. Um, mm-hmm. Like the one where Deadpool and Korg were talking about the movie. So that way you're still being reminded, oh yes, this thing is coming out. I want to be excited about it without getting all of those spoilers or, or feeling like you're burnt out on the plot. I think, uh, I think there are other marketing efforts that can go a long way too. that. Um, but it, it's a different scale. Like I think back to Blair Witch Project, which ended up being a film that was marketed not just from movie trailers, but from a website that continued the fiction that this was all real footage that was discovered. And it had all this additional material that supplemented 
what was in the film. And if you took the time to go through and explore stuff, then it made the movie just part of a bigger story. The movie could stand on its own, but it was also part of a larger narrative. And like, those are really creative ways of marketing a movie that I think are interesting and they don't give away too much about the film itself. Mm -hmm. However, what works for Blair Witch Project isn't going to work for every single movie. Blair Witch Project was a tiny little independent, low budget movie. So any success at all was going to be a profit. It just turned out to be, you know, like a landslide profit for them because it did so relatively well considering how low budget it was. You can't do that with a Marvel film. I understand that, but it just tells me I would like to see more creativity when it comes to marketing and, and less of a shotgun approach of let's make yet another trailer and reveal yet another moment that would have been special in the theater, but now you've already seen it, yeah. but probably you've already seen it on your phone or on your computer. Yeah. Cause after the first or second trailer, you're, you're like, I'm not watching anymore. I don't want spoilers generally. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'm like, I don't want to see this. So I mean, yeah. either way, you don't need to keep inundating me with trailers. I guess maybe the thought is, you never know if people are going to see the first one just because of the different distribution channels, right? Mm -hmm. Like not everyone, I don't watch TV, so I don't see yeah. commercials on television. I don't go to the theater, so I don't see previews for movies in front of films anymore. I do watch YouTube. So maybe the approach is like, let's make a lot of trailers that we can release on YouTube knowing the YouTube's recommendation algorithm isn't likely to recommend all of them, but if we put enough of them out, then you'll end up seeing at least one of them. Problem is yeah. I do see all of them. I don't watch all of them, but they all do pop up for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's a rule for improv and I think it should be a, a rule for marketing as well. And I know this doesn't work all the time. I haven't seen the algorithm, so I, I don't actually know how much this excessive um, trailer marketing brings more like I don't know the ratio of trailers to people it brings into the theater but I think you know a, a three trailer for a movie maybe that's old school of me but I think three trailers and you're done for a movie less if yeah. you can't if you can't do it without giving away huge plot points and I, I mean like there are always going to be fans who are going to want more but that's why you've got the, the super fans who will do things like they'll track down the international trailer so that they can see a slightly different cut you know and I think having those is fine but serving up endless trailers, it, it it really does diminish my enthusiasm for seeing something. And that's mm -hmm. the opposite reaction of what you want. Yeah. Yeah. I would have to agree. Well, we're curious what you think about movie trailers. Uh, we'll give you the email address at the end. I'm going to give it to you here now too. It's LNC at iHeartMedia.com. So if you have your own strong thoughts about trailers, chip in. I would love to hear more thoughts about it. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have a pretty far out mashup. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. 
Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. TIKA.com. Open a limited time 11 month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus, it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or Kemba.org/slash CB for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. So, Ariel. Yes, Jonathan. We uh, we got ourselves a mashup, which I understand was a suggestion. Yes, thank you, Clara. Clara has written in a few times, uh, always with great conversation and and uh, wonderful mashup suggestions. Um, I think this is actually the second one of hers that we're doing. We do actually have a couple other, um, I think, at least two more of our mashups for uh, the month of December are also listener requests. So if you send them in, we'll do them. This time, it's Sailor Moon and Stargate. And you go, but wait, aren't those two old properties? And you would be wrong because for in <laughs> December 10th and then in January, there will be two separate Sailor Moon musicals available for international viewing. You would also be right because they are old. They're old <laughs> like I am old. Okay. But um, relevant. <laughs> so I, we typically explain what these are to people. I would love to hear you explain Sailor Moon. <laughs> well, here's where I'm going to say I have watched plenty of Sailor Moon. Thank you uh, to my old roommate, Jen, and my uh, good friend, Matt, who both like it. Uh, Sailor Moon is, there's this girl who lives in Japan, Tokyo. Her name is Usagi Tsukino. I'm bad at names. And she lives with her talking cat, uh, who gives her a magical bro- brooch and she transforms into Sailor Moon. And yes, I am reading part of this off of Wikipedia. But uh, basically, she was the daughter of a queen who sent her to Earth along with all of these other sailor guardians to protect Earth and a couple of cats. Um, and then the princess's God. true love, Prince uh, Endymion, uh, who 
became one of their friends and then turns into this character called Tuxedo Mask, who ha- wears a suit and a mask and a top hat. Well, a tuxedo and a mask and a top hat and has a rose. Um, and then they fight space villains who are all very evil. And then there are more, sa- like, you're like, okay, surely we've gone through all of the planets for the Sailor Scouts or the Sailor Guardians, uh, depending on where you f- are from. But no, there's always more more of them. There's even a, a chibi Sailor Moon. Um, chibi. Chibi Chibi, I think, is you're saying a lot of words, and and I I I, chibi I put Usa. faith that they under that they make sense. Um, so yeah, I mean, really, it's just uh, these girls transform into uh, superheroes with like planet powers and fight evil aliens. <laughs> planet powers, <laughs> like listen, like what's a planet power? I, listen, I don't know, but they're called Sailor Moon, <laughs> Sailor Mercury, <laughs> Sailor Jupiter, Sailor Mars. Like it's one of those things. I love. I like. I like watching anime. I really do. Trigun and Evangelion and Sailor Moon and and a few others, but it can't, Cowboy Bebop. I would. I have a really hard time explaining the plots of any of those to you. Like I just have to go along for the ride. Yeah, um, I, I get that because whenever I try and watch any anime, I get the feeling like I am not the right audience. I'm not saying it's bad, not at all, not by Mm -hmm. a long stretch of the imagination, but that I'm not the right audience for it because my brain just don't work that way. My brain is too, too, too geared and mired in the Western storytelling tradition. And, and that's my, you know, that's my downfall. That's not a downfall of the anime. It's just that when I try and watch anime, I'm like, well, this just don't play, make no sense. That's kind of how yeah. I end up walking away. So let me explain Stargate, a uh, which I'm only going to explain in the context of the original movie because that's the only thing out of Stargate I ever saw. I saw it in the movie theater when it came out in 1994. Uh, I saw it in the theater and I never watched any of the TV series that came out or any of the sequels that came out afterward. So Stargate, the original movie, is a story where uh, some uh, a military operation has uncovered these stones, these mysterious stones that have hieroglyphs on them. And a uh, archaeologist comes to look at this stuff, you know, and it's all part of like a United States Air Force uh, mission or project, highly classified. And he looks at it and he says, it says Stargate on it. And when they put the stones together, there's this sudden interdimensional portal that's created. And when they go through it, they find out they go to a planet that looks a whole lot like ancient Egypt. Um, And that, in fact, it's inhabited by aliens who uh, have technology that makes them appear godlike. And in fact, that they have uh, outfits that make them appear similar to the gods depicted in Egyptian mythology. So the idea here is that these aliens came to earth. And in fact, the pyramids were a result of their technology that, uh, they enslaved some humans who are now living on this distant planet through this portal. And the story unfolds from there. Um, it's not good. It's not bad. It's not bad, but it's not James Spader famously said that he read the script and thought it was terrible. But when he met with Roland Emmerich who directed it, he was like, Okay, it's terrible, but it's gonna be insane. So I have to be in it. So, so I I love Stargate. 
uh, SG-1 and the movie uh, Atlantis a little bit less so, though that's where we all learned about Jason Momoa. Um, and then I didn't watch the latest Stargate series. Um, I watched a couple episodes, but not the way through. But you mentioned powerful stones. That is a through line because there are powerful stones in Sailor Moon. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> like I'm glad to silver- hear it. There are these crystals that only like people of of the um, like only certain people can use, and they give you a lot of power. Um, and you asked what planet powers were. So like Sailor Moon can use like her hair pieces and throw hairpins and do like sonic wave things. I think Sailor Just Mercury. Like the moon. Sailor Mercury can manipulate water. Um, Just like like Mercury. Mercury. Sailor Jupiter can do electricity and thunder. Just like Jupiter. Yes. And then Sailor Venus. um, I, you know, she, they have like supernatural fighting solar system. I don't listen. And and accessory powers. Accessory powers. Because like Sailor Moon can like yell through like her hairpins and get like extra amplification. So I I think think, it's probably because it has like pieces of the crystal in it. I don't know. I think I think calling them planet powers is being a little loosey goosey with the word planet, uh, especially since one of them is a moon. Um, But uh, you know what? Let's just get to our mashups, shall we? Uh, you can you can guess how amazing they're going to be. Um, I do like watching how, Sailor Moon, but it's hard to explain. Okay. How about I go first? Because I got to tell you, I I knew nothing about Sailor Moon going into this. I feel like I know even less now than I did before. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. And I'm not, I'm not particularly proud of this one, but I gave it a shot. Sure. Okay. Mine's called Sailor Gate. Okay. Daniel Jackson has a problem. He's an archaeologist who believes that the ancient pyramids of Egypt weren't built by humans, which honestly is more than a little insulting. I mean, such a cliched idea that the pyramids were too grand and precise for ancient humans to have built the darn things, as if we only recently figured out how, you know, what end of the hammer we're supposed to hold. That Daniel Jackson's a jerk, I tells you. But that's (laughs) that's not his problem. Or rather, that's not the problem that he concerns himself with. His problem is that he is late to an official classified meeting held by the United States Air Force. A woman named Catherine Langford has invited him there to take a look at something and lend his expertise on ancient Egyptian languages and architecture. So he shows up, late, and already you can tell that the stiffs in uniform aren't impressed by him. Colonel Jack O'Neill, in particular, seems irritated that Jackson is even breathing the same air he is. Anyway, Catherine shows up and guides Daniel Jackson over to... Uh, uh, an area that has these massive stones that have these strange hieroglyphs on them. And he looks and he figures out the order of them and he translates the stones to read Sailor Gate, which makes no sense. I mean, these were found in the middle of Egypt, not anywhere close to a port. So Daniel oversees the stones being arranged to fit together properly so that they spell it out correctly. And when they interlock, there's this glowing portal thing that appears in the middle and then suddenly vanishes. And the only thing left behind is a small piece of jewelry, a brooch. And Daniel Jackson goes to look at it and finds it odd. Says, There's writing on it, but it's not Egyptian. It's Japanese. And suddenly there's this swirling light and bubbles and a rockin' song. And Daniel Jackson's body lights up. And the next thing you know, he's standing there in a sailor unitard with a little blue miniskirt and his hair's in braids. And Daniel Jackson has transformed into Sailor Moon. And yes, this does mean you should be imagining James Spader dressed as Sailor Moon. That is is a requirement for this mashup. (laughs) Needless to say, the rest of the team at this classified meeting are stunned. 
there are a lot of attempts to say something, but honestly, it's just hard to, to figure out where to even start. But then Sailor Jackson Moon points at Colonel O'Neill, and next thing you know, O'Neill goes through this weird transformation and turns into Sailor Mars. And then Catherine also goes through a weird transformation, becomes Sailor Mercury. And after this strange series of events, this portal opens up again. It's glowing, and with a strange sense of conviction, Sailor Jackson Moon says, We must go through for justice! And the other sailors agree? So... They go through, and on the other side, they appear on a planet that looks a lot like ancient Egypt, only there are these aliens that wear outfits that make them look a lot like the gods of ancient Egypt who use science fiction guns and stuff to keep human slaves in line. I will use the power of the moon to punish you, says Daniel Jackson, which I looked it up is an actual line from Sailor Moon. (laughs) But the aliens don't understand English, and they can only speak ancient Egyptian, and despite the fact that Dr. Daniel Jackson, the archaeologist, claims that he can translate spoken ancient Egyptian. The fact is, no one actually knows what ancient Egyptian, the spoken language, sounded like because they didn't write vowels. All the vowels are left out of their writing. There is no way to know what ancient Egyptian sounded like. That always bugged me about Stargate, but anyway. (laughs) So then Daniel Jackson touches his head and yells, for no real reason, Moon Tiara action! And the next thing you know, the little tiara he was wearing, a Sailor Moon, turns into like a Tron disc or something, and he hurls it, and he zaps a few aliens into oblivion. But there are like, you know, loads of these guys. That's just the beginning. And so then what we get is a series of fights between the Sailor Gang and the head uh, alien, Ra, his forces. And like, there's some comedy stuff in there too. Plus, Tuxedo Mask shows up at some point to make a snide, judgmental comment. But mostly it's just the good old military sci-fi anime beat em up for... I don't know, like 70 minutes or so. And at one point, Sailor Mars O'Neill uses weird alien technology to teleport a bomb onto Ra's ship, which seems to work. And after that, the whole gang returns through the portal back to Earth, where they form a team of heroes sworn to defend the planet from existential Egyptian threats, which honestly seemed like it was going to be pretty easy gig for a while. But then the Stargate TV series got greenlit. But that's a story for another time. You know, you always say that you're worried you're going to just do a an episode that has already or a, a a concept that has already been done by one of our mashup properties. I am certain that is not the case here. Actually, I'm not certain because Stargate was on Sci-Fi and uh, they might have done that for the a TV really show. long time. <laughs> Though James Spader was not in the television. That's series. true. He was not. He did not make the transition to the television show. His character was Daniel Jackson was still a character yes. in the SG one. That was played cutie. by a different actor. Such a cutie. Um, but I did really enjoy that. You gave yourself far too little credit. Um, I, <laughs> I would watch that episode of either show. <laughs> okay, <laughs> good. Good to know. I want to hear yours now. All right. This is called Sailor Gua'uld. Gua'uld. Um, For some reason, when I read it, it's harder to say. All right. It had been a year since the Stargate team returned from their first adventure on Abydos, defeating Ra and freeing the people of that world from the Gua'uld. With the villain defeated, they set up the Stargate program to start exploring different worlds. Little did they know, there was a threat right here on Earth. You see... One day, upon returning from the far-off planet of Kenmoku through the through a stargate that they found in Tokyo, something weird started happening. So you see, there were these girls in the Juan district of Tokyo that had exceptional powers that, like, a normal person wouldn't have. Uh, and they had been known as local heroes called the Sailor Scouts. But once the Stargate team arrived back on Earth, the girls started acting weird. 
Tilk, being a Jaffa a soldier who held a larva gula uld, uh, and then who defected from his system lord to help free his people, was the first person to put the puzzle pieces together. He determined that these girls had been infected by Gua'uld themselves, who were then trying to use the girls' powers to subjugate the people of Earth. The team went to confront the girls, and the girls dashed through a stargate. The team, of course, followed, and when they came out the other side, they found themselves in what Teal'c recognized as the Dark Kingdom. And there in front of them was one of the most notorious Ori of all of them, Queen Mataria. An Ori is an ascended being who uses technology to get non-ascended beings to worship them. They're kind of worse than the Gua'uld. They slaughtered a whole bunch of the Gua'uld. Uh, things were worse than Teal'c and the team expected. You see, Queen Mataria had gained her power by siphoning the life and energy from all of the Gua'uld system lords until she became a creature of pure, dark power. The Gua'uld that had infected the Sailor Scouts were the few that had betrayed their race to form a tenuous alliance with Queen Mataria to take over and destroy Earth and all sentient life forms on all planets. The scouts surrounded the queen and postured to fight. And that's when Daniel, uh, another member of the Stargate team, all of a sudden began to transform. The team was in shock because soon in front of them was not Daniel, but Tuxedo Mask, a Jaffa who had been a sleeper agent to learn about this plot and stop it. Daniel pulled from his pocket a compact alien weapon powered by the mineral found on Abydos that they had found in the movie. It turns out this mineral was a fragment of the silver crystal, which was the most powerful object in the universe. He shot it at Queen Mataria, dissipating her energy and darkness. The Gua'uld who had infected the Sailor Scouts left their hosts because the power of the Moon Kingdom was extremely painful to them. So the Sailor Scouts now freed and the SG-1 team then teamed up to scour the universe to find the other Ori and make sure they were not also working with the Gua'uld to take over the planetary system and the planetary scouts. The end. Again, I understood most of the words. (laughs) I'm going to trust that it made sense. So if you like Stargate and you also like Sailor Moon, this will make total sense to you. You get all the references. If not, I'm really sorry. That explains everything. Well, (laughs) before we run too long, let's wrap this up. If you have your own ideas of a mashup of Sailor Moon and Stargate, we would love to hear them. If you have your own suggestions for other mashups we should do or topics you would like to hear us talk about as we geek out with each other, please reach out to us. You can email us. The email address is lnc at iheartmedia.com. Yep, you can also reach out to us on social media if you've just got something short to say to us. We love hearing from you th- there as well. On Facebook and Instagram, we're Large Energon Collider. And on Twitter, we're LNC underscore podcast. And until next time, I am Jonathan T- Tuxedo Mask. Boy, I, I, I bungled that one. Strickland! And I am Ariel Sailor Guardian Cast. The Large Nerdron Collider is a production of iHeartRadio and was created by Ariel Kasten. Jonathan Strickland is the executive producer. This show is produced, edited, and published by Tari Harrison. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.